share something, babe, just let me know. You can jump up anytime. Last week we were in 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. Um, and God help us, 1 through 15 was our text. I think it's something that you need to read over several times this month as we are in the encounter series. One of the things that I want to clarify is I do not believe that the church, the living organism, God's body on the earth has leprosy. We looked at Naaman who had leprosy and he it says he was a great man and that he had great value and that's how God sees you. He sees you, you have great value, but he was he had leprosy. The progression of leprosy is it starts out very painful. And a lot of people in the church have had painful experiences within the church. And we've talked about church hurt for a very long time, but the progression of leprosy leads from pain to numbness. And I have observed that numbness is worse than pain. Because at least when there's pain, there's feeling. You can know that something needs help, but when you become numb specifically to the presence of God, and I ask the question, when's the last time you felt His presence? And it's a good question to ask ourselves. We have to be careful in numbness uh, that we don't self-harm. Ever been to the dentist and he numbs you with Novocaine and he tells you when you leave, be careful how you chew for the next several hours because you're numb. You can harm yourself because you won't feel the danger, the, the detriment that you're bringing to your body, the same thing as in, in the realm of the Spirit when we've become numb to the presence of God, we begin to self-harm, and we've talked about church hurt so long that I believe now the greatest problem within the church is that she's numb to the presence of God, the manifest presence of God. As we continue this morning, uh, I believe that God Himself has placed a craving, a hunger, a desire within every believer that causes them to want to have an encounter with Him. He's birthed that seed in you. And there is this desire, a longing to sense the presence of God. A lot of definitions out there for encounter, and I don't want to use Webster's, I want to use more of a biblical definition. It means to run into God whether purposefully or just an encounter of His doing for you. It also means a face-to-face -face meeting. So if I encounter Jennifer, we are, we are having a face-to-face -face experience with one another. That, that's not only what God desires, He's placed that hunger and desire within His people. A divine encounter will always bring transformation. We've conformed for too long. We need to be transformed. These happen encounters. God is not playing hide-and-go-seek with His children. I remember playing with my kids hide-and-go-seek, and, uh, you know, they've looked for so long, and you stick your toe out from underneath the curtain so they at least get a hint, that, teasing them of where you might be. That, that's not what God does. Jeremiah 29, everybody knows verse 11, but if you would travel one down two verses to verse 13, 
you would find out that this is a guarantee and you will seek me and you will find me. The seeking for God is not a seeking because he's lost. The seeking for God is this desire that is within us to seek him for an encounter. How many of you have ever had an encounter where you know that you know that God was moving in your life? I believe that we can seek those encounters and we need a fresh encounter with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. The proof of your desire is in your pursuit. Thank God, John, for the testimony, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is chasing after us. God's goodness is always chasing after us. But there are times in our lives when we've been numb and we haven't felt His presence that we need, we, there is a desire to pursue the manifest presence of God. Watch this. Jesus never scolded anyone who sought a miracle from Him. You can search all of the New Testament and the Gospels and people would come to Jesus for a miracle and He never scolded them. But you know I've been scolded in the past for seeking a miracle because I was told that I should be seeking His face and not His hands. But Jesus never scolded anyone that came seeking for a miracle. And I believe that a miracle is the introduction into the access of relationship with the Father. Everyone that Jesus came to him, he healed, he did a miracle for, he gave access to himself so that they could begin relationship with him. And we know that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus had a relationship with him to the point that they wanted him to come to Jesus. They had seen what he had done in the past. They had encountered him in the past, but they needed a fresh encounter for the situation that was going on in their life. And when he showed up, he revealed something new to them that they had never seen before. said last week, our position is that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Can anybody say amen? That's what Jesus did for us when we believed he who knew no sin became sin so that we who were just sinners could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who you are positionally and that does not change when you believe but your condition can change and sometimes our condition is a mess because of the decisions that we've made or the decisions that others have made and so our condition is and right now I said that that condition has brought some of us to a place of numbness listen I have encountered the power and the presence of God in my life I know what it is and I desire to have that feeling I was sensing it during the worship this morning. We were in a place today. But I don't want to get to the place that all I'll do is talk about the experiences that I've had in the past. And I don't want to get to a place where my children don't even hear us talking about the things that God has done and He wants to do. Because if we're not careful, I said it last week, Matthew's engaged. We're going to have our first daughter in love next August. And then you know the that natural process is then grandkids come. But I don't want grandchildren that have never heard nor sensed or felt the presence and the power of God. We need a fresh encounter with the power and the presence of God because our condition is different than our position. Our position, thank God for it, is we are righteous. Just like Naaman, righteous. He was a good man of great value, honored, respected, but he had leprosy. A fresh face-to-face -face encounter with the living God 
will firmly root us in kingdom realities. Now, I have battled through my life the fear of man. And going along with that fear of man, it's kind of, kind of ironic, is I was thrust into a performance mode. I was, I was afraid of what men thought of me in general, but I wanted to please those men because I feared those men, so I got into a rut of performance, and even performance to please God, who even said that he was well pleased with the Son before he ever did anything. Jesus has not performed any miracles, walked on water, delivered anybody, set anybody free, cast out demons, raised the dead, and at his baptism, the Father says, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Son, daughter, he is pleased with you this morning, and it's not based upon what you have done or what you will do. He's pleased with you because he loves you. But I, I got into a position of where I wanted to impress people. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about because we've all been in a place one time or other where we wanted to please people. We wanted to please God. Nothing wrong with that. But you don't earn anything from Him. But there is effort in the kingdom of God. And I, I had to pray this morning because there was some intimidation on me to say some things that I believe are kingdom realities. A fresh and face-to-face encounter will firmly root us in the fact that God longs to reveal Himself to us. He has a desire for us to know Him. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Well, Holy Spirit never leaves me. He never forsakes me. I like Revelation Uh, I believe it's chapter 20 in the Message Bible. It says, look, look, God moved into the neighborhood and property value has gone up. When he moved in, you can't give him an eviction notice. He's here to stay. Now, I know we don't always feel him. We don't always sense him. That's the manifest presence of God. So when we were saying this morning, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place, we were saying manifest yourself right here in our midst so that it is tangible. We can feel Him. You can sense Him. And God longs in those moments to reveal Himself to His children. Do you know what I found out? It is especially in times of crisis and desperation, cultural upheaval, that He wants to reveal Himself to His people and through His people as we represent Him in the world. Papa desires to give us clarity and show us his manifest presence. Now, for you Bible scholars that like really big words and words that normally I can't understand or even pronounce, his omnipresence is that he is everywhere all the time. Quantum physics describes this to us. He's outside of time and space. He's everywhere all the time. Invisibly, he is in this room right now. I know Holy Spirit dwells in you, but His presence is right here, right now. David said, where can I go from your presence? If I make my bed in hell, there you are. So even in the middle of your mess and the hell that you've caused yourself, you didn't cause the Holy Spirit to leave you. David was jealous as he looked prophetically into the future, and he said, blessed is the man whose sins are not imputed against him. 
In other words, blessed is the man whose the presence of the Lord will not leave him because of the mistakes, the choices that he's made. What has he done? He's always chased us down. And he, re- he wants to reveal himself in these moments and then manifest himself. And his manifest presence is when he displays or demonstrates his presence in a clear and obvious way. Now, normally, it will affect your human senses. God's presence is in this building right now. God's presence is resting on you, living inside of you, but it's, always, it's not always touchable, tangible, f- felt, sensed, but we, by faith we go because here's the thing. We've said sometimes that you know, we, we, where were you, Lord? Well, he was right there. You just may not have sensed and felt his manifest presence. But I believe that we can desire fresh encounters with him face to face where his presence is manifest. Anybody want any of that? Here's a few signs that you can look for when when he is manifesting his presence. I would write these down or make a mental note of them. There's a physical sensation. We talked about that. There's a revelation where he's brought clarity to who he is and how he wants to reveal himself in that situation. There's a pattern. The finger of God is on a situation. And I I know how the fingerprint of God has touched my life so that when he manifests himself, I know that he's talking to me. I know that he's working in me. I know that he's manifesting in that moment because I've seen a pattern in my life that he's dealt with me in. Um, there's a shift in the atmosphere. Did anybody feel it this morning? I sure did. Miracles take place. He's manifesting His presence. He's displaying and demonstrating His presence and miracles take place. And then there could be a significant word, a prophecy that comes out in that manifest moment that speaks to you, encourages you, edifies you, builds you up, speaks of your destiny speaks of what God is doing in that moment for you, confirming words that you've already received in your secret time with Him. And as He manifests Himself, demonstrates and displays His power, then you feel His presence. Just a few. Those, that's not an exhaustive list. That's just a few things that you can see, that you can see when He's manifesting His presence. When we have an encounter... God reveals certain things in us, listen to me, that will lead to repentance. See the screen? When you have a face-to-face encounter with God, He will reveal things to us and in us that will lead to repentance. Now let's look at the next slide. The Greek word for repent is metanoia. And this is a changing of the mind after being with. It means to think differently afterwards. After what? After an encounter. That encounter can be in the presence of uh, the saints in a church service. That uh, encounter could be in the living room of your home. It could be in the shower. It could be on the way to work in the car. It could be laying on the couch. It could be in the bed and God wakes you up and you have an encounter and what He reveals to you about you in that moment that he wants you to change your mind about, you repent. You say, yes, Lord, 
I see that. I'm not going to act this way, talk this way, believe this way anymore. I'm changing. Everything's going to be different now. And you change. Not only do you change your mind, you change your direction. If you were bent towards doing certain things and then you have an encounter and then he causes you, see, it's the goodness of God that causes men to repent. And so his goodness that you encounter face to face causes you to change your mind after that encounter and repent and I'm not going to be bent towards those things anymore. I'm going to be bent towards the things that God is, my bend is towards him. And I've changed my mind about what I believed, what I thought, what I was doing, the way I was talking. That's good. We need a fresh encounter. Stop trying to fix the problem and start fixing your focus. If you want a fresh encounter, we have to stop trying to fix the problem and start fixing your focus. Because I believe that you will tend to steer towards what you stare at. I'm bad about that, aren't I? If I'm driving and Lisa's beside me, and I'm looking at that, oh, that's a pretty truck over there. Look at that. And that's where the car's going to start heading. And she's going to say, Jamie! Why? Because you will steer towards what you're staring at. And if you're staring at the problem, if you're fixated on the problem, you're going to be consciously and continually caught up in that problem Stop trying to fix that problem. Start fixing your gaze towards the Galilean. Start fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, the one who began that good work in you who is still working in you so that he can work through you. If you aren't happy with the direction of your life, then change the declaration of your lips. Did you hear me? If you're not happy with the way things are going right now and you want a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit and the manifest presence of God, start declaring it. Make the declaration of your lips. Start confessing what this Word says about you, confessing the things that the inheritance that you have in Him, and don't allow the crisis that you're going through to overwhelm you. A lot of people are overwhelmed in the midst of a crisis. That's really when He wants you to encounter Him so that you will not feel overwhelmed that you will be an overcomer. When we encounter God, we are changed. We're transformed. If you'll look through the stories of the New Testament, you start seeing things that took place in the New Testament, one encounter after another encounter. And as we recall these encounters, they were outside of the religious system. Because the thieves and the lepers and the prostitutes and the weak and the poor were outcasts, they were outside of the system. The system wouldn't let them in. They could not even enter into the temple area because of all of the things that were wrong with them. The law said you couldn't have access to the presence of God if you had certain things going on in your life. Thank God you know that every one of those situations that the law said you couldn't have access to the presence of God for, Jesus took care of them. It said if you were hunchback, you couldn't, enter, you couldn't accept or enter into the presence of God. And he touches the woman with an infirmity who was bent over for 18 years. Leprosy, you couldn't access the presence of God because of your leprosy. Ten lepers come to him and he heals their leprosy. Everything that the law said you, that, 
disqualified you for an encounter with Christ, Jesus comes and heals every one of them so that you can have access and have a face-to-face encounter with Papa. The woman with the issue of blood, Jairus' daughter, the demoniacs. So don't compare your encounter with someone else's encounter. Because if God's working with Paul and doing something for Paul and it manifests in a certain way, but it didn't happen for you that way, don't compare his encounter with your encounter. Because no two encounters are the same. He's dealing with Paul where he's at and what he needs, and he will deal with you where you're at and what you need. Jesus is forever seeking to manifest himself to you. He wants you to sense his presence, to be aware of him in time and space. So here, listen, you should be expectant, you should be alert and responsive to his overtures. What are his overtures? That is the proposal to you for establishing a relationship. He wants to have relationship with you and that relationship to you, the proposal that he gives to you is to encounter him. Encounter him face to face. It will transform your life. Here's just a few quick things and then we'll get out of here because I know everybody wants a stud. I mean a spud this morning. Three women just raised their hand. You see, An encounter with Jesus will leave you marked by his love. John 13, 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this one mark, by this one sign, will you know, will all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you have encountered the love of God, it will impact you in such a way that it leaves a mark on you to impact others with the love of God. That is one of the truest signs of a changed life that you were marked with the love of God. Would you just do something for yourself? I was going to say do me a favor, but it's not a favor for me. It's a favor for yourself. Would you just say, Lord, baptize me afresh in your love. Amen. I receive it. We need a fresh baptism of his love. Romans 5.8 tells us that God demonstrated this love towards us that while we were still in sin, and he wasn't marking man's sins against him, that Christ died for us. God's mark of love left marks on Christ's body so that we would know that he loved us. And then it leaves his mark on us. Our responsibility now is to leave a mark of love on everyone that we come in contact with so that they can encounter God. That's good news today. You are loved. I believe encounters mark our lives with victory. Oh, victory in Jesus. My Savior forever. He sought me and He bought me. I encountered His love and He brought the victory to me. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 teaches us to give thanks to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 says, Thanks be to God who what? Always leads us in triumph in Christ. You cannot encounter Christ and have a face-to-face encounter with Jesus and not have victory. My life has been marked with victory in every area of my life. And as he, I encounter him in a fresh, and he reveals something new to me, why? Because he wants to give me victory in that area. 
He always causes me to triumph in every area of my life. An encounter with Papa marks you with his favor. Isn't that good news? Jesus came proclaiming the acceptable year of the favor of the Lord, the year of Jubilee. It's profusely abounding. I'm marked with his favor. I I was recalling the story of how much Jacob loved Joseph and gave him a coat of many colors. What was that? He was marking him with his favor. And I believe that all of us are Joseph in God's eyes, that he's given us a coat of many colors, and he's still revealing to us his favor in our lives. Jennifer, if you'd pray. Finally, this morning, I'm convinced that an encounter will take place when you change your diet. Stay with me for just a second. I see Lisa shaking her head. It's good stuff when she's... We've had a desert diet too long. A desert diet is manna. Thank God for manna. Do you know what Jesus said about manna? Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they are dead. The desert diet will only lead to death. Why? Because it is limited. It is limited. It's not abound. It's not in abundance. It was for that day only. Jesus stood up and said, I am the true bread that has come down from heaven. And if you will eat of me, you will hunger and thirst no more. So, sir, that's true about us. When you partake of the bread of heaven, you don't hunger and thirst anymore. But what's true to us is there's still a hunger within us that causes us to desire to want. I ate breakfast a few hours ago. But there's something within me that's telling me in about 30 minutes it's going to be time to eat some potatoes. Because there's something that's in me that tells me, it gives me, it alerts me to the fact that I need to eat something. But if you're eating a desert diet that's called manna, it's limitless. It isn't in abundance. Some of us have been eating from one tree for so long we've forgotten that there's another tree. See, a matter of fact, John the Baptist said that the axe has already been laid to the root of the tree. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But the tree of life that gives life is the diet that we eat from. See, man took a garden and turned it into a graveyard. And it started with what they ate. But Jesus came and he takes a graveyard and he turns it back into a garden. And he says to us the same thing. It's the purpose and plan of God has not changed. It's still now in the new covenant. We're back in the garden and this is what he says to his children. I've blessed you. That means as an act of adoration, he bowed bowed down to his children and showed them that he adored them. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. Subdue. You have dominion. Here, now. And maybe we've been eating from the wrong tree and had the wrong diet, so we've not realized that there's a tree of life that sustains us and gives us life. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I do not know where each of you are. I don't know what crisis. I don't know how cultural upheaval is affecting your life. 
whether it's in your finances or a job, where it's affected your children. There's all types of cultural upheaval. There's things around us now. Israel has been bombed. There's a war going on in Israel. I don't know how that affects you. don't know what your mind starts going to right now. But one thing I know for sure is we need a fresh encounter with the power and the presence of Holy Spirit. I thank God and I often review everything that He's done for me. I'm talking about from suicidal thoughts and mental hospital visits to on top of the world because of what Jesus said. I review things in my heart and my mind because it builds faith, but it also sparks a hunger and a desire to have a fresh encounter with the power and the presence of God. Just right now, just, just lift your hands, ask the Holy Spirit, invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now. Give Him access to your life, to speak to you, to reveal Himself to you in the moment of what He wants to show you, reveal to you. Maybe there's some repentance that needs to take place this morning. As the Holy Spirit leads and Jennifer sings, you respond. This altar is open. We'd love to pray with you and for you and over you. You just obey God.